Blog Talk Radio. There we go. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confused and more friendly. friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. No, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I, I love that. Post I love your that. questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Yeah. All right, all right. There they are. Boy, they're all happy now. We're, it is warming up here in Florida. We got beautiful evenings. We're on daylight saving time, and so the evenings are brighter. Yeah. And, you know, we've got yeah. all of our bus people that are thrilled. And so everything mm-hmm. is See, everything is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is getting hot I need, out to, there. I need to get the orchestra back because during that last time, I, I didn't hear the horns like I did last time, so we're going to have to work on that a bit. Uh, orchestra, we're going to have to work on that. Get them back together and all that. that. Same thing with the the, the yeah. drum. I mean, I love that drum. That drum, drum seems yeah. to fade a little bit there, too. You know, the, yeah. So, yeah, yeah we need we'll, to a work in pull, pull them back mm-hmm. into the studio and, and uh, yeah. sharpen up. Well, it's a four-piece four band, so I wasn't expecting much, but, you know, we're on a budget, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they did a good job. I mean, yeah. they really... Yeah, well, the guy, the guy who plays the cymbals also plays the drums, so he, you know, he mm-hmm. gets yeah. busy on that. And the saxophone. It's, uh, yes. It's yes. Um, yeah. So we need to get that together. But yeah. welcome to All About Wine. This is March the 25th, 2021, 7.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. If you want to contact us, leave a message or something, you may do so, and we will respond to you. We don't take live calls anymore because we have matured and and learned our lesson. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we will take a message from you and, and answer it live and all that good stuff. Uh, let's yeah. see. What else is coming up here? We got... We we had a guest, but we don't have a guest. Okay, we, we have a guest who's waiting patiently for us in Italy. But right now it's like one o'clock in the morning in Italy, so he's not on. Pier is his name. Yeah. He's, he's traveled all over the world and done all sorts of stuff and everything, and he will be our guest probably next week. Uh, we are looking at doing a recording of it and putting him on next week so hang on yeah. april fool's day coming up next thursday and this is an april oh. fool's joke pier no. will be <laughs> our guest and uh, so so uh stay tuned and speaking of coming up to next thursday april fool's day this saturday is passover begins and Sunday is Palm Sunday for all of you Christian uh, following people out there. Monday is National Vietnam War Veterans Day. And it's not published a lot and all that. I know because I'm a Vietnam War veteran. But Monday is National Vietnam War Veterans Day. So if you see a Vietnam War veteran or know of one, welcome them home. Probably of all the wars that were fought in this country, uh, by this country, the Vietnam War veterans, probably the most, uh, what's my words? There's lots of them, but none of them are good. Uh, no. They they were never, never really embraced like they have all the others. So, yeah. I'm sorry. Hmm? Yeah, least celebrated. Mentioned it, just mentioned least celebrated. And they really oh, yeah. are. Uh, I can yep. attest to that. I mean, it's just like, you know, we, 
I have been called when I got back a baby killer and stuff like that because of, you know, Vietnam, the war itself and all that. So if you see a Vietnam veteran Monday or any day as far as that, welcome them home because it's uh, something that they, we all like to be welcomed home officially. And let's see what else. Easter's coming up on the 4th, but that's um, a week away. No guests next. Well, yeah, we should have Pierre on next week. Uh, so he'll be on next week. We also have some other guests coming up in April. I've been in correspondence with some other people. So we our, our list of guests has not subsided yet. I was going to mention this to you before the show here, Mike, and I, I forgot. But we've got... Uh, more guests that are getting in touch with me saying, hey, you know, the, you guys got a cool show there. Let's, uh, can we come and visit? And so it looks like we're going to have uh, 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 a master sommelier is going to be on. Uh, hmm. Remember the movie Psalm uh, from, oh, it's a documentary, they call it, but uh, 2012, they made a documentary called Psalm. And it's about sommeliers, and it tells a little bit about them, all that. And an Ian, uh, what's Ian's last name? Uh, Ian uh, was featured on the show, uh, on that documentary quite a bit. Well, he is looking at being a guest on the show. Uh, so he's coming up sometime in April, hopefully. And then we have Joe, who is... Uh, a uh, let's see well I gotta expand this because it's not all on there to show you how prepared I am for telling about this uh, Joe is a uh, oh there we go a Yulo wine purifier Joe sells Yulo wine purifiers and uh, it offers a patented adjustable on-off aerator, dishwasher safe, made from BPA-free materials, and a travel bag, uh, display base, uh, sulfite capture, all sorts of goody stuff. And Joe's going to be on to tell us all about the Ulo, uh, Ulo wine purifier and uh, what it does and how it works and and the carafes that they sell and the uh, decanters and, uh, you know, it's all that. That's coming up on the 29th of April. And let's see, who else? i got someone else here that got in touch with me, too. Oh, here we go. Um, Katie, uh, what's Katie? Long from Vintage Wine Estates. Uh is going to be a guest sometime in April also. So we've got some more guests coming up. We've got people lined up and all that. So stay with us on All About Wine, and I'm sure we'll find subjects that you will like. We keep telling you after the shows to, if you know anyone in the wine business who would like to be on the show, let us know, and we'll get them on. But I'll tell you what, you all must be doing a good job or something's happening out there. Because we're getting guests and that's cool i like the thought that uh and what they're doing too is what's cool about is people like one here said i listened to a podcast that you had recently and i think this person would be great on it and stuff like that so they are listening to the podcast and find that we're a good fit so I will say the same thing again. If you know anyone out there in the wine business, or if you have a subject you want to talk, uh, want me to research and talk about on the show, then email me. And that's uh, all about wine, BTR. Uh, is that right? Yeah. No. No, all about wine, <laughs> 101, <laughs> 101 yeah. at gmail.com. And uh, we'll look it up and find all the information we can and answer your questions or maybe find someone who's an expert in that field and get them on. So uh, let's see what else do I want to cover for I I look through you know feeds all the time about different things and all that. 
And I saw this, and I thought, wow, i got to talk about that on the show. And, oops, back up a little bit here. That's not what I want. Uh, there we go. Dream Job. California Winery offers free rent and $10,000 a month. All right. Now, this is from a lot of different sources here, but this, this first one is from Fox 8 dot com in Sonoma County K R O N T V and it says uh since it pulls it up here a dream job just opened up in California wine country and comes with free rent. A family owned winery in Sonoma County wants to give one wonderful wine enthusiast the chance to leave their normal job and break into the wine business. Along with free rent about an hour north of San Francisco, the lucky hire will get $10,000 a month. We have a job that will instantaneously catapult you into the wine stratosphere, says Murphy Good Winery. It's a really good job. Okay, again, a play on words. The pun was intended there. Murphy Good, good job. Some of the job duties include shadow winemaker Dave Reddy Jr. and the winemaking team during harvest and assist in winery operations. Learn the growing and dynamic world of e-commerce. Work with teams to drive awareness and build demand for Murphy Good Winery. The winery is asking for video applications and, of course, applicants who are at least 21 years old. Applicants will be evaluated on role value, creativity, and design applicable experience and skill set, the job description says. The deadline is June the 30th, 2021. And it says find the application here. So you can you can look it up and there's applications online. Now that is from fox8.com in Sonoma. Uh, here's USA Today see if it says anything different uh, no it does not basically uh, okay yeah it does say a little bit applicants must be 21 submit a uh, video entry by June 21st the first 90 days of the job will be spent shadowing winemaker Dave Reedy uh, from there you they will work with you and your passions to help you choose the path in the wine business that you want. Choose your own path. After a year in orbit, a dozen bottles of French Oh, Okay. Oh, that's something else I want to talk to you about, too. Uh, other highlights found in the job description and duties include willing to have your employer pay your rent in idyllic town of Hillsburg. That's a beautiful little town there. Answers, yes, please, when someone asks you red or white. You didn't choose wine. Wine chose you. Willingness and excitement to learn about various aspects of the wine industry. Explore the many beautiful features of Sonoma wine country. Provide hospitality to trade and consumers by contributing to a positive winery experience. And before sending an application for your possible dream job, the posting states applicants must be able to repeatedly lift a minimum of 50 pounds and that the position is overtime exempt, requiring flexible hours and some weekend work as necessary. So there you go. Murphy Good in Sonoma County. Beautiful area there. Absolutely gorgeous area. So... I saw that and I thought, okay, there you go. You all can start getting your resumes and your video resumes together and send it in to them. And if you're a winner from this area or something, send me a copy of your video resume and I'll post it up on our Facebook page. Space Wine. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but I mentioned something a year ago about sending some wine into orbit. A dozen bottles of French wine 
were sent up into orbit and traveled in orbit. They wanted to see how aging would happen and what would happen if it aged for a year. They also sent up some clippings, some shoots, some uh, plants up there, some uh, uh, Cabernet, I think, and uh, I don't know uh, what what the grapes were, but they sent up some some grapevines into space to see how they would be affected by the weightlessness for years. So you had grapevines and wine. Now, when they sent it up there, the bottles were in a non-breakable stainless steel container. You can't send glass into space. There's... I don't know, uh, some treaty among space people on Earth that you can't send glass into space, so they had to cover it up and all that. Well, it came back. The wines came back. Now, the wines that they sent up in space were not cheap wines. They were very expensive wines. They were Bordeaux, expensive Bordeaux, and they were... Well, here it doesn't say on this article here, but what I read in the original article, they were like $10,000 a bottle. They were very expensive French Bordeaux. And they were compared to similar bottles left here on Earth. So what they did was sent those up in space for a year, and then the ones left on Earth were stored under ideal conditions for the year. And they were able to taste them last week. They invited, I want to say 12, but it might have been 20. I can't remember. I can't remember what it said. It doesn't say it in this article, but the one I read did say the number. But they invited 12 or or 20 sommeliers to come and taste it. And they tasted the old or they tasted the wine that went into space and they also tasted the wine that stayed on earth and the overall consensus among everyone was that the wines that went to space were were younger were better aged they kept their youthfulness to it, whereas the ones on Earth, you can start seeing that they were aged a little bit. Uh, they got different aromas coming out and all that, but you know how sommeliers are. They they make up all these aromas about wines and all that, so you can go, ooh, whether you can tell them or not. But they, they found all these, you know, different things like like leather and... Well, what was some of the other descriptors? I can't recall right offhand. But they were tasted compared to the new ones, and they found that the ones in space did age slower and kept its freshness and fruitiness about it. So they are finding that maybe with sending wines to space, it might help, or even the grapevines themselves might help mitigate the climate change, the climate effect we're having. And so we'll see what happens from there. But interesting thing, they were, well, here we go, packaged inside steel cylinders, and they remained uncorked and were sent to orbit on November 20th, or November 2019, November 2019. And then they just got back, uh, when just a couple of weeks ago, I think, is when they tasted them. I don't know when they actually got back. And they opened them the end of February. So uh, Space Cargo Unlimited is the company that did this. And they find that it uh, the... The grapevines themselves that they sent up there, the clippings themselves, fared very well and all that. So, $10,000 a bottle is what they said that these wines were worth. 
when they came back. So I don't know what it would take. I'll have to ask Ian when he comes on in a couple of weeks because he is a master sommelier and he is only one of a very few handful in the world who is a master sommelier. And we'll see if he was invited to this space wine tasting. Okay, so there you go. All right. Uh, and I'm going to need to turn off this machine because it's losing power. This is not wine, but this is something that reminded me of something we talked about a few years ago. Uh, Coca-Cola Company's first ever paper bottle prototype is transitioning from the lab to the marketplace this summer through a limited on trial or online trial in Hungary. A run of 2,000 bottles of the plant-based beverage uh, ADZ or ADZ ADEZ will be offered in the pioneering package via e-grocery retailer Kiffy.hu for Hungary. And it goes on and talks about it here. But the point being, it's a paper bottle. Now, we talked about Paperboy. When was this? Four or five years ago, I think. A wine bottle made out of paper called Paperboy. And it just sort of stopped. Uh, Nothing came of it. And I was sort of excited about the possibilities there. But then that was the end of it. Well... Coca-Cola is testing a paper bottle now. If that works, who knows? We may move on to other things. The last paragraph of this says, this is new technology. Well, how can it be since Paperboy was using paper wine bottles, I think about five years ago. And it says, we are moving in uncharted territory. You have to invent the technical solutions as we go along. So, like I say, I saw that and reminded me of the of the paper wine bottles that we talked about. Uh, uh, I got four or five years ago. It had to be. It, it's been quite some time since we mentioned the paper wine bottles. So, there you go. All right. Uh, sulfites. We haven't talked about sulfites in a while. It's It's been... You know, I bring them up every once in a while. I'll talk about sulfites here and there and what they do. And we've talked about sulfites and different things. And then we have a guest coming up at the end of April, Joe, who is going to tell you the evils of sulfite and how his ULO is going to remove sulfites and stuff. And, I, you know, and... Believe me, I'm not going to put him on the spot or anything when he comes on the show. And, it, you know, some people are really afraid of sulfites. But I saw this about sulfites. And it, this is out of the Wine Enthusiast magazine. And it said, how sulfites became public enemy number one in wine. And it's interesting because... Jessica Green is the girl who is interviewed quite a bit in this story, and she says that when a new article about sulfites is published without opening a magazine or looking at her phone, she knows that there is a new article out there because people start coming into uh, her wine store, which is a natural wine store in Sayville, New York, called Down the Rabbit Hole, and they say, I'm allergic to wine. I can't drink wine because I have allergies. And she knows that that new article just came out. Uh, the only ingredient people see, and they immediately think it's going to give them a headache. Well, the federal government requires bottles to carry a sulfite statement if a wine contains just 10 parts per million of sulfites, or PPM is how it's worded. And so, therefore, just about every wine contains that. According to WebMD, only 1% of the population has a sulfite sensitivity. People with asthma are at greater risk, but the Cleveland Clinic reports that just 1% to 2.5% of asthmatics have sensitivity to sulfites. 
So it's very low. It's it's not like, oh my gosh, there's sulfites in this. Uh, it's just a phrase. It's something. Uh, here's someone else here, and who is this? This is Matthew Rorick from Forlone Hope Wines in Napa, say that people come in and say, I only drink wine without sulfites. And he says they don't understand what sulfites really do. Says there's this perception that sulfites is cheating in wine somehow. And Rorick says that he uses a native yeast and he unfilters and doesn't add anything. But he said sometimes you have to add a little bit of sulfur dioxide, which is sulfites, liquid solution with sulfites, to prevent oxidation or limit the bacterial growth. And he said mostly it's a benign tool. It's just that it's misunderstood. It's it's there because it's a, another tool in the in the box of things that help wine. Uh, winemakers at certified organic vineyards often use it to control mildew, and so therefore, even in certified organic, they can use some sulfites as long as it's within a certain parameter. Uh, it says uh, during fermentation, a, a Saccharomyces yeast, a sugar-loving strain, which is also used to make bread and beer, eats the sugar in the grape juice and converts it to alcohol. But these aren't the only microbes that fight for the sugar. Bacteria that can cause wine to smell like nail polish remover or vinegar want to feed on that sugar too. Yeast releases sulfites to thwart that bacteria. And if all goes well, the yeast win, and the wine ferments as, expect, as expected. But sometimes the bacteria takes over and starts to win. That's when the winemaker has to add a little bit of sulfur dioxide or sulfites to help the yeast win the battle. And that's what happens. It doesn't always work the way you want it to, so he has to add a little bit to do it. And it also stabilizes the wine uh, as you're doing uh, as you you uh, are aging and stuff like that. It stabilizes it. Since so there's a quirky bacteria that causes a mousy aroma in Chenin Blancs and Cabernet Francs and stuff. And it can emerge just after malolactic fermentation. But adding just 10 parts per million of sulfur will kill that. Not going to hurt you. It's, it's minute. It says every so often, people will call a, this winery Lang and Reed and ask the owner if he has sulfites. He says each bottled wine has 20 to 30 parts per million of sulfites. But nobody asks how much sulfites is in the pale golden dried pear that's a tasting amenity in the St. Helena winery. So even those have sulfites. And they go on and say sulfur dioxide or sulfites is present in a lot of packaged foods. According to USDA, dried apricots could contain more than 2,000 parts per million sulfur dioxide. Meanwhile, amounts of sulfite added to a bottle of biodynamic Biodynamic wine is only up to 100 parts per million. Sulfites are also found in frozen potatoes, pickles, and shrimp. Keeps them from turning brown. People used to come into the winery all the time and ask about sulfites. And, and it's just something I think every winery goes through it. Every winery, people are concerned about sulfites. And it's... People think they're allergic to sulfites, and usually it isn't. I always ask people, are you allergic to dried fruit? And no, I, most people say they enjoy dried fruit. And dried fruit contains, you know, hundreds of times more sulfites than just about any bottle of wine you're going to find. There's no winery that's going to bring up their sulfite level to 2,000 parts per million. It's 
against the law. I, the maximum you can do in the United States is 350 parts per million. So you have to keep it down that low. A lot of times the reaction of the headaches that people are always complaining about in red wines particularly is the histamines and also the tannins. These are more of the culprit than anything than sulfites ever will be of giving people headaches. So the histamines and tannins are the bad guys. Sulfites just help the wine stabilize, basically. Andrew Waterhouse, who is a wine chemist at the University of California, Davis, says there are no studies linking sulfites to headaches, though too much tannin or alcohol definitely can make your head throb. So, sulfites. We had to visit that again quickly. I saw this article and it summed up quite a few things very nicely here. It cleans out the wine. It gives it shelf life. It uses, uh, uh, it stops fermentation. So you're not going to get a, a fermentation in the bottle that can cause the bottle to explode or something because it's created oxygen or uh, CO2. And it's overall just another tool of all the different tools that wineries use. But it's nothing to really be afraid of or you know, concerned about. Uh, from Washington is the 13 of our favorite biodynamic wines. This little thing that popped up here, I just just saw, and I wasn't going to mention this, but I saw this, and I had to, I have to click on it, and see what it has to say here. Huh. All right, there's a list of 13 biodynamic wines that. Uh, Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, it has 13 biodynamic wines. Here's one from Santa Inez Valley at the uh, 2018 Sparkling Syrah, $42. Here's 2014 Tribbiano di Abruzza from Italy, $115. Uh, 2018 Rock Ridge Vineyard Zimondo from uh, $49, 93 points. A Revito 2017, $30. That's the cheapest on the list here, 93 points. A uh, Domain Anderson 2017 Pinot Noir, $55, 93 points. These are all biodynamics. Uh, 2018 Mineral Springs Ranch Pinot Noir, $75, 94 points. The next one is Ripon 2016 Mature Lake, uh, Mature Vine Lake, Wanaka Pinot Noir uh, from New Zealand, $62, 94 points. Brickhouse 2017 Pinot Noir, $70, 90, uh, 94 points. A Yangara 2017 Kingswood Syrahs from McLarenville, uh, Australia, $50.95 points. A uh, M. Chopteer 2016 La Mille White Hermitage, $190.95 points. Dr. Brooklyn Wolf 2017 Riesling, $120.95 points. Horsepower, 2017 High Contrast Vineyard Syrah from Walla Walla Valley in Washington, $121.96 points. And Alan Oge, 2017 La uh, Village Venice, $85.96 points. And that's the last one. But 13 organic wines, all of them up there in the 50 to $150 range. Whoa. 
So I just saw that. I wasn't going to just ran through that quickly for you because, well, that was interesting. I'm not going to go through this whole article. I'm just I'm going to highlight this thing a little bit here for you because I think I've already talked about this. I, I, I'm pretty sure I did. But the U.S. Supreme Court denies uh, reviewing uh, in the retailer wine shipping case. Uh, this was from, let's see, how long ago? A month ago? A month and a half? A month and a half ago. Boy, it's been a while since I've had a chance to read you some of this. Uh, the U.S. Uh, Supreme Court uh, will wait for a circuit split to emerge for granting uh, certification on the issue of legal standards set forth in Granholm versus Tennessee. <clears throat> Excuse me, Granholm and Tennessee wine. The court's lack of action leaves in place a decision which replaces the Commerce Clause standards set forth in Granholm and Tennessee wine and deems the non-discriminatory reasonable alternatives test required for for Commerce Clause 21st Amendment cases as an irreverent legal, which is not good. Let me tell you, that's not good because it basically circumvents the Commerce Clause, which is the 21st Amendment. And it's saying that in real-life terms, the court's lack of activity leaves in place state protectionist regimes, which puts a fence around state borders and does not allow out-of-state retailers access to consumers that desire a specific product. All right. In the end, the consumers basically are going to be losers as well as small wineries and, and the taxpayers. If a consumer cannot obtain a specific wine because the in-state wholesale network does not supply that wine to retailers, the consumer is forbidden from accessing accessing another state's marketplace to satisfy its demands. Simply put, if you want to get a certain wine from your local store and they don't carry it, you're stuck. You cannot go out of state and order the thing coming in to you. Out-of-state, especially retailers, cannot access customers in other states that desire their products. This leaves them shut off from the laws of supply and demand and protectionist state-specific regimes, which basically it just gives the state the right to sell or not sell whatever they so desire, and you don't have any choice if you're living in that state. The winner is big retailers and protectionism. Uh, businesses don't have much of saying this, but the big retailers like Total Wines and Whole Foods, which, by the way, is owned by Amazon, have the capital and the money to be able to put up physical locations in each state and put their products in there, and so therefore they can sell it. But if it's not there, too bad. It is something the court's going to have to decide eventually. I think they're waiting for the lower courts to finally get to the point where they split the vote here, split the vote there, and then the Supreme Court finally says, okay, I guess we better review this and see what's going on. But that could take years because they'll agree to review something, and then a couple years later it finally makes it there to review. So that's the way it works. Uh, I'm not happy with this. With COVID hitting and tax revenues, sales tax revenues down from wines and states and all that, this is also seriously hurting sales tax revenue to states because they can't sell wines from other states. They can't ship it in and and get taxes on it and all that. So overall, it's just really just a, a mess, a total mess on this. As I see anything else, I will keep you informed. But, you know, it just got to continue on to the next courts and stuff like that before the Supreme Court really starts looking at what's going on with that stuff. 
<coughs> excuse me. Regenerative viticulture. Regener regenerative viticulture. Trendy. Or is it just, you know, is that a new trendy buzzword or is that really a new farming philosophy? This article talks about that. Basically, it says what makes it unique and superior to sustainable viticulture is that it requires one to consider the entire ecosystem under one stewardship, not just what happens on the piece of land directly farmed. Now, we have talked about stuff like this more and more recently. Mike, it's not called regenerative stewardship. What What is it that we... Oh, we have the one winery uh, sells to the wind or something that does it. Uh, you um, recall? To, I don't. I'm trying to think of it too. I don't. No. Try have it It's not agriculture. It's uh, I've heard of I've heard of regenerative ac agriculture, but I don't remember what uh, what it's. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember. They got. Well, yeah, I, I I couldn't think of it. I thought maybe you might because you you know that still trap of a no. mind you have for remembering stuff. And so, <laughs> regenerative farming. Um, there's, uh, I don't know. I, um, I don't know. If if you happen to remember. think of it, just jump in there. Um, yep. Okay. But uh, regenerative farming. Robert Rodell, who's credited with coining the term in the 1980s. Uh, believes that sustainability doesn't go far enough. Uh, it's not a challenging enough goal. And he says, also not against organic and biodynamics, but both approaches need to go further. It says regenerative agriculture takes the thinking a step further. Now, it, it, regenerative viticulture has become a buzzword in the wine world recently, uh, and there's some confusion. Let's see, maybe this paragraph says, a new certification program launched by the Regenerative Organic Alliance, ROA, aims to change that. And I don't think that was the one that we were we were talking about either. Founded in 27... What? Oh, August 13th. You mentioned uh, regenerative organic certified introduced by Tablas Creek Vineyard. Okay. And that's the only mention of regenerative that I have. A regenerative organic certified ROC was introduced by Tablas Creek. That's the only reference that I show on here. And this and this is going. This article also talks about uh, in November 2019, the organization certified its first winery, Tablas Creek Vineyard. In possible uh, roles. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is this goes and mentions that too. And it says what makes a difference uh, is why we let's see, Rowan offers this definitely farming that uses natural processes to build restorative elements in the space in which we farm. Farming is service of life. But what was that sales? Oh, sells to the wind or something that. Oh, oh yeah. Wine. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. The Jeez. center of effort. Yeah, center of effort. That winery. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Center of effort winery. Yeah. Now they were something else besides just regenerative. I think they yeah, were. Yeah, we have Nathan Carlton on. Uh, SIP certified. SIP, yeah, um, there you go. Yeah. Now, SIP seems like it would be, you know, more along the line of this regenerative that they're talking about here than anything SIP certified, because they're talking, this article talks about how it's all-encompassing uh, it says improving the water cycle, enhancing the ecosystem, and supporting biosequestrianism, capturing and storing greenhouse gas carbon dioxide. The regenerative farm strengthens the health of its own soil and increases the Earth's reliance 
our resilience to climate change. I, I don't know. I, I almost think that SIP certification, the way it talks about what we've understand of SIP certification is that it's everything. I mean, you're looking at paperwork, you're looking at everything on the farm, whereas this is separate core elements that define regenerative organics into singularly focused programs. While the ROA certification encompasses them all, and they're talking about, well, here, this paragraph, some of the ROA protocol is based upon the most basic organic farming methods as defined by the National Organic Program. Then builds from there to include specific protocols to improve soil health, animal welfare, and social justice. Social justice, that is confusing to me. Why social justice? I guess if you have workers there and you know pay them and take care of them and all that, that's what they might mean by social justice. To be truly regenerative, one must go above and beyond current mainstream agricultural production certifications. All right, says ROA's Executive Director, Elizabeth Whitlow. In Whitlow's experience, these are more mainstream certifications separate, separate the core elements. Yeah, I need to, let me make a note to contact Elizabeth Whitlow somehow and see if we can get her on to tell us about regenerative. That could be interesting. See, by using petrochemicals and fuel for equipment and employing certain processing procedures, a conventionally farmed vineyard emits more carbon than the plants can consume during photosynthesis. The goal of regenerative organics is to simultaneously decrease carbon emissions and increase carbon uptake and storage, primarily to the use of cover crops, which sounds a lot like organic or biodynamic. Permanent cover crops not only sequester up to two additional tons of carbon per acre, but they also improve underground microbe and vertebrate diversity and increase water absorption and retention. Sounds a lot like biodynamic again. <coughs> Excuse me. So, it says uh, John Hannes, a proprietor and general manager of Tavis Creek, the R. OA's first certified producer points out that vines, which serve as permanent cover crops, are well set up for carbon sequestering. As grapes grow, they also have an opportunity to do most of the work in the vineyard. Uh, basically, what you're trying to do year-round is make sure that the farm has a role in pulling carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So, this is the bulk of the life cycle of the vine is conducive to no-till. I'm not turning it over. It, it sounds very much, very much biodynamic, except for small things. Let's see, considering animals and social justice. So here we go. Farms that use livestock as natural grazers and fertilizers can further aid carbon reduction. Uh, use a combination of low no-till cover crops, which sequesters the most carbon. Uh, soil fertility is from the not just from the crops, but also from the animal manure and it's organic, and so therefore it's a low carbon to nitrogen ratio. Uh, the so-called holistic grazing, as that it's a beautiful harmonization that these animals rotate through the vineyards to help graze down cover crops between wine rows and manure and stir up the soil. So you don't have to mow or till. It benefits the animals, the vines, and the soil. 
I, I think we're talking biodynamic here. Sure sounds like it, only without planting the cow horns. The five freedoms of ROA are freedom from discomfort, freedom from stress, freedom from hunger, freedom from pain, and to express behaviors natural to their species. So the animal welfare, five freedoms, uh, gives you that. Uh, the uh, ROA program. It says the program is modeled after respected social certifications in the world, including Fair for Life and Fair Trade International. And that also includes outlines fairness to farm workers. So that sums up your social aspect of it. And says tasting results in the glass, it does taste better. Well, oh, of course they're going to say that. I, they all say that. Uh, they're working to make it, and uh, they said that it, it overall gives you a better ecosystem and better overall vineyard and wine and growth and everything. But not everyone is a believer. Regenerative viticulture is just a new descriptor for what we in the biodynamic and organic world have been doing all along, says Rudy Marchesi, a partner at Montanor Vineyards in Oregon, who has been a leader in biodynamics for decades. He says the carbon sequestration that is being promoted as a key component of regenerative agriculture occurs in all farming systems that increase the organic matter in soil. It's just new packaging. So he's not a big fan of this. He believes that biodynamic certification remains the international gold standard in farming best practices. He argues that biodynamics goes above and beyond regenerative standards and benefits from its international network of farmers, producers, and researchers that continue to use and improve the farming standards and provide a more evolved and relevant set of guidelines that lead us further along the path of quality. And so there you go. I, you know, it's, is regenerative viticulture really something new, or is it just a new name, new twist on biodynamic and organic? I, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I really am. I will try to get a hold of, what did I say her name was? I just added here, and I scrolled past it. Elizabeth? Yeah, Elizabeth. There you go. Thank you. Um I'll try to get a hold of her. There it is, um, Elizabeth Whitlow, and she's the executive director of ROA. And see if she would mind coming on the show and tell us about ROA and how it is different from biodynamic or organic, or SIP as far as that goes too. I mean, you're getting all these different certifications and everything out there. It makes you wonder. Well, it makes me wonder if I'm just raising grapes and making wine, am I not good enough? Is it that I should be doing something other than that, or is it worth it, or what? I don't know. So I will try to get a hold of her and see if I can't follow up and find out what's going on with this ROA and see what's happening there. Regenerative viticulture. Trendy? Yeah, probably somewhat, but I, you know, most of them probably are, I would think, a little bit trendy. And so, I don't know. Uh, okay. Is there something else I want to talk about tonight? 
I don't think so. I think I might have covered some of the stuff I wanted to cover tonight. And so, yeah, yeah, it looks like I have. Uh, We, I was talking to Mike before the show. We haven't gave a shout out out to Mike and his his radio show that he does, and he just told me that he's with a, a new new format. As you yeah. call it format, new uh, network. A new what's, what's, station. Uh, yeah, it's a new station. It's not a new station. Same okay. format. The format's a little different, and it's interesting. I was going to mention that before. Is that you know it's it's based in Europe, um, but I mean there's listeners. A lot of them are from America, but they they're based in Europe and. Some of the requests that I've gotten and I've had to look up, I mean, they're like in different languages. Oh, and, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, you know, and it's something I've never heard. So I got to, you know, okay, Google the song, look for the lyrics. One was in total Chinese. So oh, I had wow. to tran- hit the translate button and then go line by line and go, okay, no bad word, no bad word, no bad word. <laughs> okay, it's just, you know. And then I listened to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, it's different. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of good in a way because it's kind of opening my eyes to, you know, not your main mainstream tunes, I guess, but it's, it's yeah. just a, you know, that's that second, the third week or so, it's like all these requests were coming in. And I thought I've never even heard of the group. I mean, who are these people? And, you know, uh, um, and I just, Check the lyrics and play it regardless. You know, it's like oh, yeah. okay, that, that one kind of grows on me after a while, and then you know. But uh, yeah, it's perfect. It's 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 cool. Well, that'd it's, be, uh, same that'd time be fun. Slot. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, some of the some of the tunes though are like uh, wow. Okay, I have no idea what they're saying, but as long as I verify it, it's I'm good to go. Um, yeah, and you know, it's, so, it's, it's something that you know is catchy or stuff like that. I mean, you know, we've. Yeah. We picked up songs throughout my lifetime that I've heard that were in different languages, and I'm going, well, that's that's sort of a really a, a neat song there, you know. Not that I understand the words, yeah. but it's just overall you just enjoy it. Yeah. But it's on yeah. Jetstream Radio. Uh, yeah. What is that? Dot com or dot what? Dot com. Dot, no, it's dot, dot com. com. Okay, yeah. it's yeah. not dot uk or anything. Yeah, okay. No. Um, no, that's a that's a surprise. I thought it thought it would be, but yeah, um, yeah it's been uh, it's been a couple of weeks now, uh, or two, three and a half. I forgot what it is now. Two and a half, three weeks, and uh, yeah, been going good. Same uh, time slot on Saturday, so Saturday from uh, seven yeah. to nine a.m. Uh, yeah. Check him out there. again on the new format. If you have Sky Blue Radio on there, you can still listen to that, but you won't listen to Mike. But yeah. check him out on Jet Street. Jetstreamradio.com, and I don't know. I get, you know, I just found out about it. I'm, I haven't registered or whatever it takes to get in. Yeah, there. I, yeah. no, the player's right on the main page, and the request oh, button. Whenever, whenever somebody's live, the request button is there, and you can, you know, send in oh. whatever message, shout out, and a request. So it's it's pretty good. Oh, you know what we forgot is our uh, authors and filmmakers. We did. Um, You're right. You're right. So I'll let you. uh, Until next week. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Go ahead. I got to take a a deep breath. Hang on. Okay. Go. Okay. Back in October, (laughs) co-directors Mark Johnson and Mark Ryan and writer Michael Karam were on the show October 8, 2020. The movie, Wine and War, The Untold Story of Wine in the Middle East, is about survival, resilience. Did I mention this is like three minutes long? Okay, anyway. That's okay. That's okay. And struggles. (laughs) Wine has been in Lebanon culture for 7,000 years. They are raising money for CAPHO, a great uh, organization, and uh, you can go to wineandwar.com. Also, the uh, music is in stereo, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that, but... I, I can hear it on my headphones. Yeah, that, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. In stereo? High fidelity? Like Facebook yes. stereo? Okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, play. Yeah. Okay. Wineandwar.com. <laughs> Click the Watch Now button, and that'll take you to uh, where you need to go to, to watch it. 
On October the 15th, Jim Lachlan was on the show. He's a certified (laughs) wine educator and author. You can visit jimlachlan.com. That's Jim, L-A-U-G-H-R-E-N.com. It's uh, 8 o'clock, by the way. We just passed 8 o'clock. That's okay. And uh, he has a two book, quick books right now out uh, called the 15 minute guide to red wine, which is uh, only 28 pages uh, of good reading and 15 minute guide. We're good till when? Nine o'clock. Nine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. We still have another hour. Oh, okay. Wait a few minutes and then play it again. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, white wine. This is another uh, quick read and a handy reference to have as well. Check that out on uh, Amazon. On October 29th, we welcomed Joy Neighbors to our Halloween special. Uh, she is the author of the Family Tree Cemetery Field Guide, How to Find, Record, and Preserve Your Ancestors' Graves, including topics to plan your trip to the cemetery, research, make sense of your research, and digging deeper into other records or preserving uh, cemeteries. It's available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, and other outlets. On November 19th, we welcome Michael Brown, author of Pinot Rocks, and he's also a winemaker. The book is available on Amazon.com. Pino Rocks is available in any format, and the audio format is great because William Shatner did the audiobook version of his book. That's right, Captain Kirk. On January 14th, we had a great conversation with Cap Kaplowitz, a podcaster and blogger of cigars, spirits, coffee, and wine. And All About Wine's own show host, Ron, is also the wine panelist on the show. For more information, visit kaplowitz.xyz. That's K-A-P-L-O-W-I-T-Z dot X-Y-Z. On, are you technically the wine panelist on there? Is that what it is? I am the wine panelist. panelist? I, I'm, I'm the only one. There's a okay. coffee panelist. There's a cigar panelist. Yeah. There's a spirits panelist. Uh, uh I am the wine. Yeah, somebody person. somebody involved in the paranormals on there. That's pretty cool. It's very diverse. Oh, spirits, <laughs> you mean like drinks? Like, yeah. like drinks, yeah. <laughs> uh, scotch, whiskey. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost names, ghost names, scotch, whiskey, and uh, yeah. All right. And um, ghost. Where's the play button? Yeah, and ghost. Where's the play button? February 11th, 2021, we had founder and producer of Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Jeff Bradford, on the show. The filmmaker dedicated to revealing the stories behind the labels of our favorite drinks. On February 25th, we welcome Natalie McClune, podcast host of the popular Unreserved Wine Talk. She's also an author of Red, White, and Drink All Over and Unquenchable. That's uh, drunk all over, by the way. That was drunk a typo over, yeah, on my yeah. part. Yeah, red, white, and drunk all over. Sorry, Natalie, if you're out there. (laughs) A tip to best for the world's best bargain wine, plus several quick reads available on her website. She is also the wine expert on CTV's The Social, which is Canada's largest daytime television show, CTV News, and Global Television's Morning Show. You can pick up her ultimate food and wine pairing guide for free by visiting her website at nataliemcclain.com forward slash allaboutwine. That's natalie, M-A-C-L-E-A-N dot com forward slash allaboutwine. Very good. You got through it, too. No coughing in it. Yeah, thank you. No, um, it wasn't coughing or anything. It's funny you know, how it paused like that. Oh, this, is, this is unfair, though. You've got, you've got the button on it. I don't have control over that. You haven't put it on the Well, I have the, the stereo studio. version of it. If I play the mono version, it, you know, it's, it doesn't oh, yeah, sound well, right on mono. In, in Black right. Talk Radio, they, they degrade the audio so far. It comes out hazy. Um, yeah, like, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but it yeah, would be good to yeah. let you be able to control it as well, because uh, yeah, well, um, if, you know, for something, <laughs> some reason you want to jump on the company jet and fly somewhere, and I'm doing the show. I, yeah, you know, you close out, and I'm, and I'm halfway to uh, Antarctica or someplace. Where it's yeah, cooler. yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess it's cool. I anyway, it is. Yeah, well, if they don't, it's a problem. We have uh, 8.04 on the clock now, and I guess we will um, stop the show here and return next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Daylight. Time. I get those mixed up. I don't know why. You do. I I don't know why it hasn't. It's like me not being able to remember Um, the the 
pin phone number. I mean, I oh, know yeah. I know years? the guest <laughs> calling number. I can shout that out, but I still yeah. never did learn yeah. that host pin number. You know, so, yeah. You know. So, yeah, I well. know I know the call in number better than I know my own cell phone number. <laughs> yeah, I know that's <laughs> it was me too. <laughs> I go, into, yeah. I go into some store and they're like, uh, what's the last four digits of your phone number? And I'm like, um, uh, three, two, three, five, three, two, three, five. No, no, no. Yeah. I know. No, I do no, that no, too. That's, that's, a, that's all about wanting the <laughs> number. By yeah. the way, here's my card. Be sure to tune in on things. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's all that so, um, yeah. so next uh, week we might have a guest. Yeah. We should have a guest next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that all set up, and uh, we will have uh, them from Italy, uh, the homeland. And uh, yeah. well, I'm not talking about Yeah, I hope that's how you say his name. We should uh, I, probably get that verified before we uh, dedicate ourselves that, to that calling him that. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> when I when I email him and ask him to move it to 9:30 for the. Yeah. Record. I'll, I'll say, and your name is right. pronounced how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm getting uh, some kind of errors on uh, our stream. Some kind of oh. we have you know, notifications or something. Some kind of issue with the bandwidth, I guess. So I'm going to play the outro. Thank you all for for watching, or tuning in, watching, and uh, we'll see you all next Thursday uh, right here on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook on All About Wine. Be safe. Thanks for listening. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. <laughs> okay. Yeah.